Blog Talk Radio. Secrets Revealed, Understand the Book of Revelation from Start to Finish. It is Sunday, July 2nd of 2023. And in July of 2023, we have here on PGN, Prophetic Grace Network, analysis and discussion of the seven plagues prophecy with me, your Book of Revelation research scientist, Nicole. These analyses and discussions are happening live on PGN every Sunday at 12 p.m. Central Time, and on Thursdays at 9 a.m. Central Time. We do that every week, but specifically in July, we'll be talking about the seven plagues prophecy in the book of Revelation. I invite you and encourage you to share your perspective or pose a question about the book of Revelation during the live broadcast or at any time. During the live Internet broadcast, you can text in your number, you can text in your question to our PGN text number, which is one two one four five zero five eight seven one nine. You are not limited about when you can text in a question about the book of Revelation. You can do it at any time. Maybe you're in a time of prayer and a question comes up, or maybe you see something on the news and uh, you have a question about it, or it reminds you of something in the book of Revelation, uh, you can text 24-7 to our PGN text number. Again, it's one two one four five zero five eight seven one nine. Also, during the live Internet broadcast, which is typically 90 minutes, again on Sundays at 12 p.m. Texas time and 9 a.m. on Thursdays, Texas time. We have the live internet broadcast, and at that time, you can call in if you want to interact one-on-one so we can, uh, I can hear your question, or perhaps you want to share your perspective with me and others who are listening. It's up to you, but I invite you to do that. Our PGN phone number is one three one nine five two seven six zero two seven. As you may know, we now have two PGN channels. We have two PGN channels, one channel for Prophet Randy Chandler. Uh, the main PGN program, when I say the main program, I mean the program that's on Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, uh, live with Prophet Randy Chandler. That's uh, every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, beginning at 9 a.m. Texas time. That's 10 p.m. Eastern time. That phone number is uh one three one nine five two seven six seven three seven. So I don't say that to be confusing, but to let you know we have two PGN channels, uh one for our Monday through Thursday evening show. So if you've been listening or looking for that, uh make sure you're calling in on the new number, which is uh one three one nine five two seven six seven three seven. For the rest of the PGM program, so if you want to listen to uh, Terrence and Tanisha or 
Deborah or Jeedee or Carmen or Lashoon or me, you can always reach us on the old PGN number or maybe I shouldn't say the old, the other PGN number because it's still new, right? It's still fresh and new. We're about to go into the Seven Plagues Prophecy today. That number, the number you can use for today, if you want to connect one-on-one, one three one nine five two seven six zero two seven. Sometimes people listen during the live internet broadcast using um, an internet-enabled device, and you can do that too by going to Blog Talk Radio dot com backslash live prophetic let me say it one more time blogtalkradio.com so that takes you to the main blog talk site but to get specifically to this program and click on the link for the live on air program make sure you add backslash live l-i-v-e prophetic p-r-o P-H-E-T-I-C. You can also access the Internet Archive for all of the Secrets Revealed uh, programs, Understand the Book of Revelation from start to finish. Uh, Every broadcast uh, is there for you to listen to in, uh, I want to say in perpetuity. I've been listening to Shark Tank a lot lately. Uh, But they're there for for the foreseeable future and hopefully hopefully, um, in perpetuity. So today we are talking about War. We're talking about war. We're talking about the seven plagues prophecy in the book of Revelation. Let's quickly go over the one-page study notes. So uh, you can access the one-page study notes by going to blogtalkradio.com backslash live prophetic. Those study notes, they're one page. They're the basic study notes. At some point, I'd like to create Uh, detailed study notes, but these are basic study notes which I think will be very useful uh, to people who have a strong interest in this topic. Uh, It lists under letters A, B, C, D, E, F, and G key information about the seven plagues prophecy, such as uh, the name of the statement of prophecy, its location in the book of Revelation, the location of the abstract, that's the summary or movie trailer, and then the location of the full report. Did you know that that's how that works in the book of Revelation? So John the Revelator was shown 12 visions, 12 moving pictures, 12 documentaries, if you will, all in a row. Each documentary he was shown this way. The angel uh, showed him a movie trailer, which in writing terms we refer to as an abstract, and then showed him a larger work about that same thing, a uh, a full report, if we're talking about writing uh, the documentary in its entirety, if we're talking about thinking thinking of it as a moving picture, which that's really what a vision is, right? So if God shows you a vision, John the Revelator a vision, me a vision, and it's in color and we hear sound, that vision is, in today's terms, a movie. But it's not just any kind of movie. It's a documentary. So the, when I say it's a documentary, I'm talking about when John, the revelator, was called up to heaven. He wasn't shown a movie about um, a movie about Planet of the Apes, you know, a fictional creation or a work of fiction. He wasn't shown uh, The Notebook, one of my favorite movies. He wasn't shown Goodwill Hunting, another fantastic movie. No, he was shown a documentary, moving pictures, visions that reflect future realities. So we're going to be talking today about the future 
reality, the soon coming reality of the seven final plagues. So using language straight from the Bible, I'm referring to this as the seven plagues prophecy. Why? The wrath of God, which follows the wrath of Satan, includes seven final plagues. As you may know, friend and truth seeker, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one. In years past, God used plagues to communicate his displeasure with those who were not cooperating with the will of God. Those who through their actions and their hardened hearts had made themselves enemies of God. And in the future, just like he did in the past, he will use plagues to communicate his displeasure. Today we're looking at Daniel's 70th week. You say, research scientist, what's that? The final seven-year period, that's Daniel's 70th week, each week, according to Daniel chapter 9, is a seven-year period. So this is the final seven-year period, meaning at the end of this period, God's anger, his anger with Israel will be spent. And what does that mean? That means they will come back into his good graces. Who am I talking about they? Talking about Uh, the nation of Israel as a physical location with inhabitants on this present earth, it will come back into the favor of God, into the protection of God, into the government of God. When Jesus Christ returns, he will fight and win the battle of Armageddon, and he will establish his government, a forever government, on this present earth. Now, this seven-year period... Coming up shortly, it begins with the signing of the confirmation of covenant, of the covenant, and it ends with the second coming of Jesus Christ. In that seven-year period, there's the wrath of Satan. That's 42 months, 1,260 days. You say, how do you know that? I thought the great tribulation was seven years. No, the great tribulation happens within a seven-year period, but the wrath of Satan, which is going to be a great tribulation for who? It's not a great tribulation for those who are team Satan. It's a great tribulation for those of us who are team Jesus. The great tribulation, according to Revelation chapter 12 and Revelation chapter 13 and elsewhere in the Bible, is precisely exactly 42 months. That's three and a half years. That's 1,260 days, and it will be a time of great tribulation for the people of God and the nation of Israel. In contrast to the great tribulation, which is the wrath of Satan, the wrath of God, which we're talking about today, the wrath of God is a great tribulation, but it's not a great tribulation for those who are team Satan. It's a great tribulation for those who are team Jesus. No person who is team Jesus, no person whose name is written in the Lamb's book of life, no person who is among the sheep, no person who is among the wheat, 
No person who is among the good fish. No person who has found and followed God's plan for salvation. No person who has refused the mark of the beast and who is in Christ needs to fear the wrath of God. No truth seeker and believer. And let me let me hold there for a second. I said no truth seeker and believer. Step one is for an individual to be a truth seeker. Step two is for the individual to become a believer in Jesus Christ. And if a person believes in Jesus Christ, a person will follow Jesus Christ. If a person follows Jesus Christ, then a person will follow his instructions. Now, remember, the Bible says even the demons believe in Jesus Christ. So it's no great thing to say, oh, well, I... I, I believe Jesus was. Jesus was a good person. No, Jesus wasn't a good person. Jesus was and is God. Jesus illuminates the path to immortality. And any person who fails to find and follow God's instruction, God's instruction, for receiving his perfect will for his life, for your life, for my life, any person, any of us who refuses to follow God's instruction, refuses to receive his blessing. So if you receive the instruction but you refuse it, that means you receive the gift of immortality but you refused it. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to immortality. Why? I'm looking forward to being in my peak performance body that will never, ever die. It will never have cancer. It will never have PTSD. It will never have Parkinson's or arthritis. And anything that my body has in it right now or that it might have at some point in the future will be completely eradicated when through the supernatural power of God, I, along with every other truth seeker and believer, transitions from mortality to immortality. Now, when does that happen? Time B. Time A is the second coming of Jesus Christ. Time B is the battle of Armageddon. Now, the wrath of God, that's what we're talking about today. You can look at these one-page study notes. Let me mention briefly under item A, the name of the statement of prophecy in the book of Revelation that we're talking about today is the seven plagues prophecy. It's the seventh documentary. In other words, it's the seventh vision John the Revelator was shown when he was called up to heaven. And so we're talking about it in the month of July because July is the seventh month of the year. Under letter B on the basic study notes, I share that. The book of Revelation uh, includes this prophecy. The location of the seven plagues prophecy is Revelation chapter 15, verse 1. That's where it starts, and it ends with Revelation chapter 16, verse 21. The movie trailer for the vision John the Revelator was shown of the seven plagues prophecy begins with Revelation 15, 1, and it ends with 15, 
have to make this larger so I can read it. Begins with 15.1 and it ends with 15.8. The full report, in other words, after John the Revelator was shown the movie trailer, he was shown the movie in its entirety, uh, the larger work that begins with uh, verse 1 of Revelation 16 and it ends at the end. So all of Revelation 16, chapter 16 in its entirety, it's the full report the full documentary, if you will, of the seven plagues prophecy. And here's a non-exhaustive list of key topics. So what are we going to hear when we hear and talk about this documentary today? We're going to hear about the seven final plagues, the seven vials, the seven bowls, and Armageddon. Some key words um, and phrases include the seven bowls of the seven plagues, the wrath of God, Armageddon and Mark of the Beast. So these are all keywords and phrases uh, in the actual prophecy, the seven plagues prophecy. My perception as uh, a research scientist studying this work, that's my assignment in life to study and teach on the book of Revelation. That's why I refer to myself as the Book of Revelation research scientist, to help me stay in the will of God to, as much as I, as I possibly can to focus on that so that I can be useful uh, for you as you move forward in pursuing uh, the will of God and the word of God. So what about this prophecy, the seven plagues prophecy? Here on the basic page, uh, basic study notes page, that's available. Everything on PGN is always 100% free. Prayer, basic study notes, books, anything that PGN is providing uh, through any of its uh, ministers or people or uh, the network, it's always 100% free. These basic study notes are for you. Get them when you can, uh, when you can, uh, when you want. They will be there for you. I note that this prophecy hangs together with the purple and scarlet prophecy, which we'll talk about in August, as well as the marriage supper prophecy. So I'll share a little bit more about that as we move on. Wow, we're already about 20 minutes into the program. I want to get started. Let's go to talking about specifically the seven plagues prophecy. We're going to begin with the seventh and final plague, and then we're going to work our way from the end to the beginning. So what are we talking about? The wrath of God. We're talking about the final seven-year period, the period that culminates with the return of Jesus Christ. So it begins with the signing of the confirmation of the covenant. What's that? As you may know, the Middle East is plagued by war. And war happens frequently in Israel, in a specific location, Jerusalem. There will be a time where powerful figures, political figures, economic figures, individuals on the world stage will come together and they will broker a deal. And this deal will be an agreement which gives the green light for the Jewish people to rebuild their temple on the Temple Mount. 
Right now, the Muslims can worship in their mosque on the Temple Mount, but the Jews cannot worship in their temple on the Temple Mount. You might say, well, why not? There's no temple there for them to worship in. Now, as you may know, Israel uh, came together again supernaturally in 1948. The last time the nation of Israel had a temple was in 70 A.D. Let me say that again. The last time Israel had a temple was in 70 A.D. No, no, not 1970, which was a long time ago, even before I was born. Not in 1970, not in 1870, 1770, we're talking about 70 A.D. So it's been uh, nearly 2,000 years, more than a millennia. Uh, And then finally, less than 100 years ago, Israel uh, was allowed to exist as a physical location that to some extent, but not fully, represents, uh, to some extent, overlaps with the land that God promised Abraham and his descendants in perpetuity. So this is the battle, right? God says, I'm giving this to you, Abraham, and your descendants in perpetuity. And Satan says, oh, you want your children to have this land? I want my children to have this land. God says, I'm going to live in Israel, and I'm going to be in Jerusalem, and I'm going to dwell. I'm going to have my forever home. I'm going to have my forever home on this earth. And uh, where I'm going to have the location of my forever home after the end of time is going to be in Israel and in Jerusalem. And Satan says, oh, wait, you're saying that you're going to have your forever home in Israel, in Jerusalem, in a temple. Wait, I, I got to get me a, a temple. And in the temple, I'm going to make it my home, and I'm going to say that I'm God. So what are we talking about? Satan is a liar and a deceiver and a counterfeit. And so what we're about to see very shortly, according to the Bible, very shortly, During Daniel's 70th week, a final seven-year period, we say, well, how's it final? Final meaning finally Jesus Christ returns. Finally, the anger of God at Israel is spent. It's done. You know how you love someone, maybe a wife or a husband, a fiancé, a son or daughter, but the person has done something so ugly, so egregious, so disrespectful so shocking that you just feel really let down and angry but you love this person with all your heart and soul and so you know you're gonna forgive the person you know you're gonna uh, uh, not be forever separated from the person but you need some time because you feel very angry because the person has wronged you in some way And so the people of Israel wronged God. They they committed adultery, the Bible says, and they uh, were with prostitutes. What does that mean? They worshipped false gods and they gave themselves. What does that mean? They gave their hearts, their souls, their mind, will, and emotions to false gods. God refers to that as adultery and prostitution. So this made God very angry, and he shared 
he shares with us in the book of Daniel that he's angry with Israel. He shares this is shared many places in the Bible, but importantly for you and for me, for truth seekers is that he has shared that his anger will be spent. In other words, the time of separation from Israel as a physical nation is coming to an end. And it ends with Daniel's 70th week, which begins more than likely in your lifetime and in my lifetime. Now, you might say, well, I'm going home to be with the Lord on Friday. But if you are going to be here for the foreseeable future, and many of you, most of you are, and here's the thing. As long as you're a believer, that's the key thing. Because every believer, whether you are here at the time of the second coming or not, every believer transitions from mortality to immortality in that same timing at time A. But for those who will be here, and most of you listening, I strongly believe that most of you listening today will be here at the time of the second coming. Uh, The time of the second coming is preceded by The false prophet under the inspiration of Satan during the seven-year period standing in the rebuilt temple. A temple, when you hear that a peace agreement has been signed and that Israel has begun rebuilding its temple, you know, you know that Daniel's 70th week has begun as described in Daniel chapter 9 now. Let's talk about what the Antichrist is going to do. He's going to stand in the middle of that temple, and he's going to declare that he is God. He's going to defile the temple as described in the seven trumpets prophecy, and he will begin, once he declares that he's God, that's the beginning of the great tribulation. That's the beginning of the wrath of Satan on this earth. The wrath of Satan carried out and through the power of the Antichrist and the false prophet, the leader of the Harlot Church. By the way, we're going to be talking about who is the Harlot Church in August with the Purple and Scarlet Prophecy. Okay, so let us go to talking about the wrath of God. So the wrath of God, the seven plagues prophecy, reflects a report of the wrath of God. It's not everything about the wrath of God, but it's a lot of it. Now, let us begin with Revelation chapter 16, verse 17. So this is the seventh final plague, what happens. It says, beginning with verse 17 of Revelation chapter 16. Then the seventh angel poured out his bowl into the air, and a mighty shout came from the throne in the temple, saying, It is finished. Then the thunder crashed and rolled, and lightning flashed, and a great earthquake struck, the worst since people were placed on the earth. Let's pause there for a second. So the seventh final plague happens after an angel pours out a bowl into the air. So depending on what translation you say, uh, you read, some say pour out a vial. Some say pour out uh, his bowl. The key thing is that every translation says there's an angel who pours something out, and after the angel does this, 
Um, and there are seven angels. So this is the seventh angel. Then some specific actions are going to happen. So the first action reported is that there's uh, thunder and lightning. Then there's a great earthquake. So it says the worst since people were placed on the earth. So I'm going to guess that's a 10 on the Richter scale. <laughs> Maybe it's greater than a 10. I don't know. But uh, a very, very strong earthquake. Uh, then it says, the great city of Babylon split into three sections, and the cities of many nations fell into heaps of rubble. Okay, let's pause. So now we hear more things are going to happen. So the wrath of God in the natural, things are happening in nature. There's an earthquake. There's lightning. There's thunder. And then, as a result of the earthquake, it says the cities of many nations are going to fall into heaps of rubble. Now, it doesn't tell us here what are those nations. Okay, and it doesn't say one nation. So this is not talking singularly about Israel or Canada or Jordan or Egypt, it says the cities of many nations. So many nations doesn't mean one or two or three, you know, it means many. We're also told that the great city of Babylon split into three sections. Now, interestingly, the great city of Babylon is very important. The great city of Babylon is the headquarters of the harlot church. The harlot church is the church that has a false version of Christianity that will allow other religions to become subsumed under it as the mother church and it will allow abominations to go forth all over the earth. It will be the religion. The harlot church will promote the religion of the false prophet. So take home point. In Revelation chapters 17, 18, as well as the first five verses of 19, is a very long and detailed documentary called The Purple and Scarlet Prophecy, and it focuses nearly singularly on what happens to Babylon and the harlot church. So it's mentioned here in the Seven Plagues Prophecy just very briefly, but remember there are 12 documentaries in the book of Revelation. There are 12 prophecies, 12 visions, so I'm using those words interchangeably, uh, John the Revelator was shown visions when he was called up to heaven. These visions are moving pictures with words. Today we call them movies, but it's not any kind of movie that he was shown. He was shown documentaries. So these documentaries, he was shown 12 of them. So this documentary we're talking about focuses on, well, what happens when the seven final plagues are poured out? So there's a mention that when the seventh final plague uh happens when the seventh vial is poured out one of the things that happens is that the headquarters of the harlot church which is a city mystery babylon we're going to talk about uh what that city is and uh it is uh, alive and well today that city is going to split into three sections okay let's continue 
The great city of Babylon split into three sections, and the cities of many nations fell into heaps of rubble. So, and where we are is Revelation chapter 16. We're looking at what happens when the seventh final plague is poured out, verses 17 to 21. So God remembered all of Babylon's sins, and he made her drink the cup that was filled with the wine of his fierce wrath. And every island disappeared, and all the mountains were leveled. Very interestingly, I looked up as part of my study on the city of Babylon, Mystery Babylon, and I was shocked to learn that this location has islands. Islands. It's the city of seven hills. All right, um, and every island disappeared and all the mountains were leveled. There was a terrible hailstorm, and hailstones weighing as much as 75 pounds fell from the sky onto the people below. They cursed God because of the terrible plague of the hailstorm. So this prophecy, the seventh, the seven plagues prophecy ends with a report of the reality, thunder, lightning, an earthquake. So many cities are going to come to naught. In other words, they're going to fall into heaps of rubble, and specifically Mystery Babylon, the city where the headquarters of the Harlot Church is. God is remembering her sins, which are numerous. And at that location, that location... Every island will disappear and all the mountains will be leveled. There'll be a terrible hailstorm and hailstones weighing as much as 75 pounds will fall from the sky onto the people below. The people below where? The people who are there at Mystery Babylon and that city. Now, how can all the mountains be leveled and every island disappear? Well, there's the earthquake, but there's also, so there's, uh, there's vengeance and destruction happening as a result of the earthquake, but then there's vengeance and destruction happening from the hailstorm. And it's not hail like the hail we had in Texas earlier this week, uh, which was significant. <clears throat> it caused some damage, but it says that these hailstones will weigh as much as 75 pounds. Now, as you may know, uh, when something has weight and it's descending, it increases in velocity as it gets closer and closer to its uh, final destination. And so I'm, I'm going to pause there. How, however far the hailstone has come to land on the earth, being 75 pounds is going to cause a lot of damage. And what is the damage? It tells us the cities of many nations fell into heaps of rubble. Now, how did they fall into heaps? Well, it tells us as a result of the hailstones. Also, it fell from the sky, the hailstone, onto the people below. Now, I said this earlier, but it bears saying again, the wrath of Satan in Daniel's 70th week is followed by the wrath of God. The wrath of Satan is the great tribulation. It's a time of great tribulation for who? All of the people who are team Jesus. All of the people who are in Israel waiting for their Messiah to return, the people 
who have uh, refused to leave Jerusalem even when the Antichrist has taken over the temple. So it's a time of great tribulation for Israel and for believers. That's the wrath of Satan. What we are talking about is the wrath of God. It happens after the wrath of Satan. So the wrath of Satan is described in Revelation chapters 12 and 13. Now, here we are in Revelation chapters 14, uh, chapters 15 and 16 today. We talked about 14 last month and the month before. But after chapter 13, now we go to the wrath of God. So what all does Satan do during Daniel's 70th week, the final seven-year period? We hear about that in Revelation chapters 12 and 13. And now we hear about what does God do? What are the actions of God, the winner of this thing? What does God do to fight and win for the people of God? And the nation of Israel, well, that's described in Revelation 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, and 19. In the 144,000 first fruits prophecy, the earth reaped prophecy, and now we're talking about the seven plagues prophecy. Okay, so the wrath of God is something that happens to Satan's people not to God's people. Now let's go back. We heard about what happens when the seventh plague happened. By the way, um, after all of the actions are described about what happens to the headquarters of the Harlot Church in Revelation chapters 17 and 18 in the beginning of 19, then Revelation 19, 6 to 21 is about the Battle of Armageddon. So now we're going a little bit back in time. We're looking at those things that are immediately before, immediately before the Battle of Armageddon. So the headquarters of the Harlot Church has taken out the greatest earthquake of all time. The greatest earthquake of all time has happened. Okay, let's hear about the sixth, uh, the sixth final plague. Revelation chapter 16, verses 12 to 16. Then the sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great Euphrates River. Now, this is very important. The great Euphrates River, three nations are there today. Three nations border the Euphrates River. Then the sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great Euphrates River, and it dried up. So that the kings from the east could march their armies toward the west without hindrance. Let's talk about the great Euphrates River for a second. This river has been talked about in several places in the Bible. Uh, Today, the nations of Turkey, Syria, and Iraq have parts of the Euphrates River, which is the longest river in Western Asia. Okay, so the river has um, three countries that have it uh, in it or bordering it. Those countries are Turkey, Syria, and Iraq. Notice that those are all nations that are dominated by one specific religion, which is Islam. 
Now, we just heard that this river will be dried up supernaturally when the sixth angel pours out his bowl. Where does he pour it out? On to the great Euphrates River. I want to go to, to the end of this, but go back to read all of it. Verse 16 says, And the demonic spirits gathered all the rulers and their armies to a place with the Hebrew name Armageddon. So the key action, the key outcome of the sixth and final plague being poured out is that the Euphrates River is dried up supernaturally and is dried up sufficiently and specifically so that the armies of the world, the armies that are under the leadership of the Antichrist and the kings of the world, that they traverse, that they take a specific path to get to Israel. And they're not just going to um, they're not going to Israel to vacation or to sightsee or to establish peace. They're going to Israel to fight a war. They're going to Israel because they think they're going to take it over. That's what the Antichrist has told them. That is Satan's goal. And whether they realize it or not, even though it's written here in the Holy Bible, whether they realize it or not, when those armies, Take that path. In other words, when they take their troops, their weapons, their tanks, everything that allows them to enter into Israel and they go to a specific place, it says they are gathered. Elsewhere in the Bible, it talks about how, how God has gathered the people to a place. Let's hear it one more time. And the demonic spirits gathered all the rulers and their armies to a place with the Hebrew name Armageddon. Okay, so let's hear the rest of this prophecy. Here it is in its entirety. Then the sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great Euphrates River, and it dried up so that the kings from the east could march their armies toward the west without hindrance. And I saw three evil spirits that looked like frogs leap from the mouths of the dragon, the beast, and the false prophet. Let's pause there. So in the trifecta that represents our one God, remember the Bible says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one. So God needed a way to get us back in right standing with him so we could actually transition from mortality to immortality once death became a reality. So how could he accomplish this? He had to give himself a human form. His human form is Jesus Christ. But how many people know that God the Father and God the Son are one? How many people know that God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit are one? So that's how he was able to trick Satan. Satan couldn't figure it all out. Now, we have a God who is one. Satan uses the beast and the false prophet. To accomplish his will on the earth. So here it says, and I saw three evil spirits that looked like frogs leap from the mouth of the dragon. That's Satan. How do we know that? Revelation chapter 20 tells us that the dragon is Satan. It's not China. So some people have said, oh, the dragon, that's China's symbol. No. The Bible tells us, and it's not no because I don't want it to be, 
um, it's, it's no because the Bible tells us in Revelation 20 uh, that the dragon is Satan. So three evil spirits leap from the mouths of three entities. Number one, Satan. Number two, the beast. That's the Antichrist. And number three, the false prophet, the head of the harlot church. Then it says they are demonic spirits who work miracles. So three evil spirits come from where? The Antichrist, the false prophet, the false prophet and Satan. So people today say, I don't believe in demonic spirits. Well, the Bible does. The Bible does. You say, well, demonic spirits, all that was, you know, before God's not working miracles today. We don't have demonic spirits today. Yes, we do. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And it says right here that in the soon coming reality that will be upon us very shortly, that there will be demonic spirits who work miracles. Now, miracles are something amazing, something that reflects supernatural power. We need to know that supernatural power has two sources, that it is real. So if, if you don't know that supernatural power has two sources, when you see something supernatural happen, you'll be shocked and amazed, and you'll say it has to be God. It has to be God, but it doesn't have to be God. It doesn't have to be God. Supernatural power can emanate from God and his angels or from Satan and his angels, who are Satan's angel, angels, fallen angels, demonic spirits. They are demonic spirits who work miracles and go out to all the rulers of the world to gather them for battle against the Lord on that great judgment day of God, the Almighty. So here it's referring to judgment day as the day that the battle of Armageddon is fought. Let's hear it again. And I saw three evil spirits that looked like frogs leap from the mouths of the dragon, the beast, and the false prophet. So what do these evil demonic spirits do? They are demonic spirits who work miracles and go out where? To all the rulers of the world, presidents emperors, prime ministers, kings. They go out to all the rulers of the world, senators, to gather them for battle against the Lord on that great judgment day of God the Almighty. Now, in Revelation 19, verses 6 to 21, if we want to see the details of this battle, the Battle of Armageddon, that's where it is, the marriage supper prophecy. So the details of how they're gathered and what happens when they're gathered, they're all there in that documentary, the marriage supper documentary. But this documentary is about well, how, how, do the, how does the wrath of God actually happen and, and what actions follow uh, when – the seven vials are poured out, or the seven bowls, depending on what translation you're looking at. So it's mentioned here, the Battle of Armageddon, and how the demonic spirits gather them. The details of it, you have to go to another documentary to hear that. So what's the take-home point? When the sixth final plague happens, an angel pours out his vial, and the corresponding Action on the earth is that the great Euphrates River is dried up supernaturally. That's the key action. Now, you might say, well, what does it mean? Why does it matter? It matters because we need the Euphrates River to dry up supernaturally so these uh, individuals who are Team Satan, they can be deceived 
follow, uh, they'll listen to the demonic spirits who tell them, this, now it's time to go to Jerusalem. We're going to take Israel down. That's what they're telling them. And so they take all their armies. It's going to be millions, maybe tens or hundreds of millions. Uh, different nations will send uh, people from their lands to join uh, the Antichrist. So there'll be the armies of the world, all of those who have been deceived. And they are going to the Battle of Armageddon. So six vial poured out. The Euphrates River dries up supernaturally. That allows for the nations to get there for the Battle of Armageddon. Now let's go back. What happened before the sixth vial was poured out? Verse 10. Now we're going to look at verses 10 to 11. Then the fifth angel poured out his bowl on the throne of the beast, and his kingdom was plunged into darkness. His subjects ground their teeth in anguish, and they cursed the God of heaven for their pains and sores, but they did not repent of their evil deeds and turn to God. Now here is very clear. We began our discussion talking about how the seven final plagues is the wrath of God. It's a time of great tribulation for who? All who are team Satan. The great tribulation is the wrath of Satan. That's a time of great tribulation for those who are team Jesus. But the wrath of God is a time of great tribulation, not for those who are team Jesus, but those who are team Satan. Now, how do we know that? It says right here, then the fifth angel poured out his bowl on the throne of the beast. That's the Antichrist. So the location where the Antichrist has his headquarters is going to have a blackout. So now it's summertime here in the United States. It's, it's hot or getting hot. And sometimes during the summer, for whatever reasons, there are blackouts. Maybe, let me not speculate on what the reasons are. But when a blackout happens, it's a problem. Now all of a sudden, we need batteries to power our computers. Uh, maybe the air conditioning goes off. Or worse, hospital systems and lights go off a blackout is a big deal we need power to have technology that we use in every area of life every area of life uses technology and technology requires power so satan through one of his key flunkies satan has two key flunkies the antichrist and the false prophet through uh key flunky number one the antichrist he's trying to get to Jerusalem he wants to take down Jerusalem he wants to take over the nation of Israel so what does God do the fifth angel pours out his bowl and the location now I don't know here in this prophecy we're not told the specific location of the uh, headquarters of the Antichrist we are told the specific location of the headquarters of the harlot church by the way we're going to be talking about that in August when we look at the purple and scarlet prophecy, but I don't see here where the location of the headquarters of the Antichrist is given. Now, if you are aware of the location, the headquarters of the Antichrist, would you text me to tell me where that is, well, where you see that in the Bible? I'm looking for it. I don't see it here. Um, now, what happens? His kingdom was plunged into darkness. Whose kingdom is that? That's the headquarters of the Antichrist. 
His subjects ground their teeth in anguish. Who are his subjects? Every person who takes the mark of the beast. So whether a person's in England, Sudan, Madagascar, Namibia, Sweden, Ireland, wherever a person is, if that individual takes the mark of the beast, that person is a subject of the Antichrist. Now, what will the subjects of the Antichrist do when the fifth vial is poured out? It says his subjects, in other words, every person who is team Satan, who has taken the mark of the beast following the instruction of the false prophet, so they've taken the mark of the beast, the mark of the Antichrist, his subjects ground their teeth in anguish, and they cursed the God of heaven for their pains and sores. But they did not repent of their evil deeds and turn to God. Now, we're going to hear about their pains and sores as we work our way back to uh, the first, second, third, and fourth uh, final plagues. But notice here, this is more evidence that the wrath of God is for those who are team Satan. It says they did not repent of their evil deeds and turn to God. Every believer began with repentance. And we repent not just at the time of uh, giving our lives to Jesus, but we repent often. And, and, and we live a lifestyle of praise and worship and repentance. We turn to God. How often do you turn to God as a truth seeker and a believer? These individuals, it says, they did not repent of their evil deeds and turn to God. So there's no way possible. There's no way possible that the wrath of God in this fifth final plague is going to harm a believer because it says they did not repent of their evil deeds and turn to God. Believers repent of their evil deeds and turn to God quickly. Now, what was the fourth plague? Let's hear it. Verses 8 to 9, then the fourth angel poured out his bowl on the sun, causing it to scorch everyone with its fire. Everyone was burned by this blast of heat, and they cursed the name of God, who had control over all these plagues. They did not repent of their sins and turn to God and give him glory. Now, again, it says they did not repent of their sins and turn to God. Now, who doesn't? turn to God. Those who are team Satan, they're turning to worship their brain. They're turning on to look at the fancy news reporters. They're uh, you know, they're they're looking in every book except the Holy Bible. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Now let me tell you, let me say this. I am not against human wisdom. I believe in higher education. I believe it's very valuable, but human wisdom is not tantamount to the magnitude of the wisdom of God. God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. There are problems that human wisdom can't solve. Listen, if you ever if if you ever had a loved one die and your loved one went to the hospital or to the clinic or wherever, you know that the greatest doctor, let's say is it, it maybe it's Ben Carson. He doesn't have the ability to bring your loved one back to life? He, in fact, is a believer. He's given his life to Jesus Christ. Why? He knows the limits of his intelligence, of his wisdom, not only his own human wisdom, but the wisdom of his discipline. What's his discipline? Medicine. He's gone as far as you can go. You can't get higher than being a, 
a, a, a neurologist, a neuroscientist, can you? Uh, maybe you can. I, I don't think you can. Now it says they did not repent of their sins and turn to God and give him glory. So who's experiencing uh, the sun scorching them? Well, it says that these are individuals who are cursing the name of God. Believers don't curse the name of God. It's the goats who curse the name of God, those who are team Satan. Now, why are they cursing the name of God? It says, who had control over all these plagues. Everyone was burned by this blast of heat, and they cursed the name of God who had control over all these plagues. So God has control over all these plagues. Why? He's communicating his displeasure with the Antichrist, the false prophet, and the subjects of the Antichrist. And what do they do? Instead of turning to God and saying, God, you are God. I have been deceived by Satan. Instead of saying that, what do they do? It says they did not repent of their sins and turn to God and give him glory. And later in verse 11, it says, and they cursed the God of heaven for their pains and sores. Okay. Now let's go back a little bit farther earlier in time. What about the third plague? Verses Four to seven. It says, Then the third angel poured out his bowl on the rivers and springs, and they became blood. And I heard the angel who had authority over all water saying, You are just, O Holy One, who is and who always was, because you have sent these judgments. So the seven final plagues are judgments. Are they judgments against the earth? No. These are judgments against those who are team. Satan, judgments against the Antichrist, the false prophet, and all who have taken the mark of the beast. Let's continue. You are just, O Holy One, who is and who always was, because you have sent these judgments, since they shed the blood of your holy people and your prophets. Let's pause there, then here again. They shed the blood, since they shed the blood of your holy people and your prophets. Believers have not shed the blood of other believers. Who are God's holy people? Believers in Jesus Christ. Your prophets, prophets of who? Not prophets of Allah, prophets of Buddha, prophets of, of Shiva. No, no, no. Prophets of God. Since they shed the blood of your holy people and your prophets, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, your holy people. So it says, since they shed the blood of your holy people and your prophets, you have given them blood to drink. So he's not giving blood to drink to God's holy people. He's giving blood to drink to those people who have shed the blood of God's holy people. Now, when did they shed the blood of God's holy people? During the Great Tribulation. So during the great tribulation described in Revelation chapter 12, Satan through the Antichrist and the false prophet and his own actions will shed the blood of the people who live in Israel. Those who are there worshiping their one God, our one God, in the rebuilt temple. He'll drive them out. And in Revelation 13, we're told at the end of Revelation chapter 12, Satan is so mad as he's defeated. He, he suffers a humiliating defeat. He thinks he finally is about to take out Israel. He has this water going to take it out, uh, to actually destroy the location. 
And then supernaturally the ground opens up to swallow all the water and Israel's still standing. At that point, he gets so mad that he says, not only am I taking out Israel, but I'm going to expand the war on Israel to now include a war on Christians everywhere. So that's when the Great Tribulation uh expands in magnitude beyond uh, focusing on taking out the people of uh, the people of God who are there in Israel, but now the people of God who are Christians, believers everywhere. When that happens, the blood of God's holy people and his prophets will be shed in Israel and elsewhere in the world. Now, it says here, since they shed the blood of your holy people and your prophets, you have given them blood to drink. Now, they're not having blood to drink today. The water hasn't been turned to blood today. The water is going to be turned to blood after the wrath of Satan, during the wrath of God. So there's the wrath of Satan, which is the great tribulation, followed by the wrath of God, which we're talking about, the seven final plagues. Since they shed the blood of your holy people and your prophets, by the way, we're in Revelation chapter 16, verse 6. Since they shed the blood of your holy people and your prophets, you have given them blood to drink. It is their just reward. So there's blood to drink. Not, uh, and what is this blood? It said earlier, then the third angel poured out his bowl on the rivers and springs, and they became blood. So people use rivers and springs as a way to get water. But now, instead of them having the great, fantastic water that all human bodies need, they're going to have blood to drink. Now let's go back. What about when the second angel poured out his vow? Verse 3. Then the second angel poured out his bowl on the sea, and it became like the blood of a corpse, and everything in the sea died. Now, people want to, some people want to, they don't want to think about God. They just want to think about what they can see. But, uh, you know, we must. we must think about those things that are important. One time I was listening to, I was listening to a person uh, giving a talk. I wish I could remember the person's name so I could give uh, the individual credit. But the person said, don't major in the minor things in life. And everything that we can see is a minor thing in life. But the things that we can't see are the major things in life. What do I mean? We can't see God the Father today here on this present earth, but he's the major thing. He's relocating his home in heaven to a new earth that is to come. Now, God's plan is for you to be there with him as a part of his forever family in your forever body. You want to make sure that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, major in the major things now. Like I said, I'm not against higher education, but the major thing is Jesus Christ. Why? He's the only one who illuminated the path from mortality to immortality. What does it matter if you live to 120? Now, that's fantastic and amazing. I'm believing for that, but what does it matter on day 120 uh, you're 120 years in day one or day 365. 
It matters that you live forever. I want you to live forever. If I, a a mere human, if I have a heart to see you live forever and to thrive and to be happy and to be joyous and to be productive, how much more does your creator who knows you, who's thinking about you every day, who has the hairs on your hair on your head numbered, how much more is he excited about, hoping for, wishing for, believing for, orchestrating the opportunity for you to transition from mortality to immortality? Now, again, you can accept the gift of immortality or you can refuse it. Now, let's say... Your great-great-great-grandfather left you $10 million in trust at a specific bank. So it's yours, but you don't yet possess it. There's some things you have to do to possess the $10 million. I bet that once you knew that that $10 million was yours, that you were entitled to it, and it had your name on it, that you would do everything in your power to get to that bank, and you would sign whatever you needed to sign. You'd show whatever ID you needed to show so that you could get that transaction handled and get that $10 million in your possession. Your life is worth more than $10 million, friend and truth seeker. Your life is priceless. Now, you have a forever body waiting on you. You have a check that's been written. You have an account. Now, in this account... It's all the payment for your sin debt, past, present, and future. It's a prescription for your new body. That's the current version of your body, but with no DNA errors. And you have a passport to the new earth. And you have a scheduled date for your transition from mortality to immortality. When's that date? Time A, the second coming of Jesus Christ, that precedes time beat, the battle of Armageddon. Now, you have these four things. Don't you want them? Now, you might say, no, not really. Now, if, I'm, if, if what I'm saying is true, if the Bible is true, don't you think ought to follow through? Go to Acts 2.38. You can type in on your cell phone, go to the Internet, go to your local library. Maybe you have a Bible there uh, at the house. Maybe your neighbor has one. Hey, if you need a Bible, can you text me? We'll get that to you. you you. Do you need a Bible? Can you text us? We will send you a Bible. That text number is 1214-505-8719. If you need a Bible, just text in your address. And your name or your initials, or you can put anonymous. Listen, you don't need to wait on a physical Bible. You can go to the Internet today, but if you don't have access to the Internet, Acts 2.38, that tells you exactly what you need to do to make sure you get everything that your father has left you. Now, we're talking about the seven final plagues prophecy the wrath of God, when the second angel pours out his bowl, everything in the sea turns to blood. And as a result of it not being the salt water that it normally is, which is what 
things that live in the sea need to live, it says, and everything in the sea died. Now let's go to the very first thing. When the first vow pours out, so at the beginning of the wrath of God, what happens? Chapter 16, verse 1. Then I heard a mighty voice from the temple say to the seven angels, Go your ways and pour out on the earth the seven bowls containing God's wrath. So we are definitely talking about God's wrath. Seven angels are given an instruction. They're given an instruction where? In the temple. What temple? The temple that's in heaven. That's a specific location somewhere above, somewhere above the earth. There's a temple, a specific location. Now, if I told you they were on Mars, for some people that would be more believable. They'd be like, oh, yeah, I've seen Mars before. But as soon as you say heaven, they say, I'm not sure if it exists. Yet because you've seen Mars, you can have faith for, for that because you've seen it. Friend, there are many things that exist that we haven't seen yet. Now get your faith up. Tune into the word of God. So the first angel left the temple and poured out his bowl on the earth. So he left his location in heaven. He comes here to the earth, an angel. He pours out the bowl. And what happens? It says, and horrible, malignant sores broke out on everyone. Just a second. Who? Everyone who had the mark of the beast and who worshipped his statue. There it is. Everyone who had the mark of the beast and who worshipped his statue. Horrible malignant sores. Now what's a malignant sore? One definition in the dictionary refers to it as a cancerous sore. Now, if you're not interested in immortality, but you are interested in preserving the quality of your life in this mortal body that you have, that's a reason right there not to take the mark of the beast. Every person who takes the mark of the beast, which will be needed to participate in the dominant economic system. Now, there will be more than one economic system during the rule and reign of the Antichrist, during Daniel's 70th week, but there will be a dominant system of buying and selling if you want to participate in that you must take the mark of the beast however what's one of the consequences now there are multiple uh, consequences but right here it says limit sores broke out on everyone not most not many everyone who had the mark of the beast and who worshipped his statue what statue so this is the statue referred to in revelation chapter 13 the 666 antichrist prophecy we're told in revelation 13 six actions that the false prophet will take one of the six actions that the false prophet will take during the three and a half year rule and reign of the antichrist the false prophet will commission a statue of the Antichrist, that's the first beast, and part of what will happen is that when people see the statue, wherever an individual is in the world, the individual has to worship it. And the penalty for failing to respond with the appropriate, appropriate behavioral response, we're not told what it is. Maybe it's a salute like the, the salute the people did when they saw Hitler or when his name was said. 
Uh, maybe it's bowing down like people do in some religions. Maybe it's kneeling. We're not told what the required behavioral response will be. In other words, the behavioral response that reflects, quote, unquote, worship. But we're told that it will exist and that the failure to comply with the directive, with the instruction, with the requirement to uh, perform this behavioral response, which is considered worship, is death. So there'll be reasons why people take the mark of the beast. One reason will be so that they can buy and sell. Another reason will be to avoid death. Now, where is this statue going to be? Maybe it's going to be mostly in Islamic nations. Maybe it's going to be everywhere. It doesn't tell us that. But uh, the mark of the beast will be available worldwide. We are told that. Uh, also, there's this statue. And it says every person who has the mark of the beast and who worships his statue uh, will get a cancerous sore. Cancerous sore. And the sores are referred to again. So that's the very first consequence. The very first consequence of God's wrath being poured out is that all who are team Satan have a malignant sore. And it tells us later they're mad. These malignant sores didn't go away. They didn't get cured of these malignant sores. How do we know? Well, we heard earlier, when the, by the time the fifth angel pours out his vows, uh, more things happen. Remember the fifth vial is when uh, there's a blackout at the headquarters of the Antichrist. It says that all the who are team Satan, they curse the God of heaven for their pains and sores. So not only do they have sores at this point, but they also have pains. It would make sense. Uh, now, I want to briefly revisit just all in a row, one to seven, what the seven final plagues are, but let's get some context. When does this happen? This happens during uh, th that timing at the end. So there's Daniel's 70th week, which culminates with the second coming of Jesus Christ. At time A, there's a second coming of Jesus Christ. At, uh, let me pause there. So I want to talk more about time A1, time uh, A2, time A3, but for now, let's just say, uh, let's report there's a second coming of Jesus Christ. At time B, there's the battle of Armageddon. Before the second coming of Jesus Christ, there's the great tribulation which is the wrath of Satan. Then there is the wrath of God. So we are talking about after the great tribulation, which is, again, the wrath of Satan, a time of great tribulation for all who are team Jesus. Then there's the wrath of God, the seven final plagues described in Revelation chapters uh, 15 and 16, and the wrath of God is for all who are team Satan. It's a time of great distress for everyone who's team Satan. Now, the first plague, Revelation 16, verse 2, results in a malignant sword that breaks out on everyone who has the mark of the beast and worships his statue. The second plague results in... the sea becoming like a blood of corpse and everything in the sea dying. The third plague results in 
the springs and rivers turning to blood. And we're told that it is a just reward and that it's a judgment. It's giving blood to those who shed the blood of God's holy people and prophets. So they took people's blood and now they're being forced to drink blood. It's their just reward. The fourth plague is when the sun becomes extremely hot and it scorches individuals with fire. What individuals? The individuals who have refused to turn to God and give him glory. The fifth plague is the blackout. The fifth plague results in the blackout of the headquarters of the Antichrist. We're told that at that time when the blackout comes, all who are team Satan, they're still having those sores and their pains. And again, they're cursing God and refusing to repent of their evil deeds. The sixth plague is when the Euphrates River is dried up supernaturally and they're Armies are actually gathered together. How are they gathered together? Because they all get together and they're traveling across that path. Remember the Euphrates River, uh, Turkey, Syria, three nations, um, Turkey, Syria, and Iraq. They travel that path so that they are able to enter into Jerusalem, um, into Israel, into the specific location of the battle of Armageddon. The seventh and final plague, what is it and where is it? So it's worldwide and it's local. It's worldwide and it's local. What happens worldwide? Well, there's an earthquake. Let me get that language for us. Verse 17, it says, a great earthquake struck the worst since people were placed on the earth. And then later in verse 19, it says, the cities of many nations fell into heaps of rubble. It doesn't say all nations. It says many. Uh, many nations. What else happens? This culminates with uh, the seventh and final play. Babylon. That's a city. What city is it? Mystery Babylon is the city that's the headquarters of the Harlot Church. That city is Rome. We're going to be talking about Rome in August of 2023. I'm going to prove to you and to every truth seeker. Now, if you're not a truth seeker, it's not going to prove anything. But if you are a truth seeker, you're going to hear specific scripture, very detailed, multiple scriptures that identify the headquarters of the Harlot Church as Rome and the false prophet as the Pope. And we're going to hear that and we're going to talk about it in August. Here it tells us the seventh final plague. One of the things that will happen is that Rome will be split into three sections. And every island will disappear and all the mountains will be leveled. Rome has seven mountains. Okay, then there will also be a terrible hailstorm and hailstones weighing as much as 75 uh, pounds. Those are going to fall from the sky onto the people below. Now, let's give some context for this seven plagues prophecy. So this is Revelation chapters 15 and 16. Then in 17 
and 18, in the beginning of 19, we have an explanation of well, what is happening at, at Babylon. Who is Babylon? Who is the false prophet? What, why is God so mad at Babylon? Why did they get um, two, they get more than two chapters is just about God taking out Babylon, this one specific location. Why is it so important? That's going to be discussed. So we're told here that the wrath of God includes God destroying this city. But we're going to hear in August the details about who is Mystery Babylon. What is Mystery Babylon? Who is the woman? So we're, we're going to hear some very controversial uh, statements that reflect realities documented in the Bible. Now, this is a program for truth seekers. We go to the Bible to find out what is true. That's what I do. I go to the Bible, and I look to see what it tells me, and I believe it. I study the Bible. I don't study other texts to find out what is true. I study the Bible to find out what is true. When I have a thought that doesn't line up with what Scripture says, then I know my, my thought is flawed. I know that I have more learning to do. I allow the Bible to inform my thinking, my decision-making, uh, my perceptions, my emotions. It doesn't work the other way around. Some people want to go to the Bible to give evidence that what they think is true. My goal is to arrive at the truth for me and for you. So I'm sharing with you what the Word of God reveals. The Battle of Armageddon is discussed immediately after the purple and scarlet prophecy. So what does that mean? That means that the wrath of God includes all these actions of the seven final plagues. And after the seven final plagues have happened, then it all culminates with the battle of our Mageddon. So what does that mean? Italy, not saying Italy in its entirety, uh, but the headquarters for the Harlot Church will be destroyed before the Battle of Armageddon is fought and won. I'm going to pause there. Again, the one-page basic study notes are available at blogtalkradio.com backslash live prophetic. Today is Sunday, July 2nd of 2023. It's been my pleasure and honor to share with you, as your Book of Revelation research scientists, some about the seven plagues prophecy in the Holy Bible. I hope that this has been an interesting time and talk for you. We will be continuing our discussion on discussion analysis on Thursday at 9 a.m. Central Time, that's 10 a.m. Eastern Time, and next Sunday. Now, this prophecy includes all of chapters 15 and 16. Today we focused on chapter 16, but there's more information. Uh, there's more in the prophecy, in the documentary, if you will. Let me end with two things. Number one, a prayer for you, but before we get to that, I want to give you a brief overview of all 12 documentaries in the book of Revelation. So the first one is the seven seals prophecy, the seven seals documentary. Then John the Revelator was shown the seven trumpets documentary. 
Then John the Revelator was shown the 1,260 days prophecy. Let me back up. The seven seals prophecy, Revelation chapter 5, and it ends with verse 1 of chapter 8. So chapter 5, verse 1 to chapter 8, verse 1, that's the seven seals prophecy, the seven seals documentary. Then we have the seven trumpets documentary, Revelation chapter 8. It just goes all in order. Verse 2, so right after the seven seals prophecy, which ends with uh, chapter 8, verse 1, we have the seven trumpets prophecy picks up right there, Revelation chapter 8, verse 2. It ends with chapter 11. Then we have the 1,260 days prophecy, all of chapter 12. We have the 666 Antichrist prophecy, all of chapter 3. The 144,000 first fruits prophecy, chapter 14, verses 1 to 5. The rest of chapter 14, beginning with 14, verse 6, is the earth reaped prophecy. Today, we've been talking about the seven plagues prophecy, all of Revelation chapters 15 and 16. The eighth documentary in the book of Revelation is the purple and scarlet prophecy. Revelation chapter 17, verse 1, until Revelation chapter 19, verse 5. Then we have the marriage supper prophecy. That's about the Battle of Armageddon. If you want to know the details of the Battle of Armageddon, you want to be with us uh, in September. We'll be talking about the marriage supper prophecy. We've talked about it before, but we're going to revisit it again. Uh, it is Revelation chapter 19, verses 6 to 21. The millennial reign prophecy. What happens after Jesus Christ fights and wins the battle of Armageddon? Well, to the millennial reign prophecy, Revelation 20, verses 1 to 10. The dead judge prophecy, well, what, what happens after Satan is destroyed? What happens at the great white throne judgment? Revelation chapter 11, excuse me, chapter 20, verses 11 to 15, that's the dead judge prophecy. The great white throne judgment, Revelation chapter 20, verses 11 to 15, the final culminating prophecy, the culminating documentary so this is after the end of time. We're in eternity future. We're on the new earth. It's in the Bible. It's the culminating prophecy in the culminating book of the Holy Bible, the new earth prophecy, Revelation chapter 21, verse 1 to Revelation 22, verse 5. Okay. So just wanted to share. I felt led to share specific I felt led to share the specific location of every documentary in the book of Revelation. Uh, those are all that's where you can find all of all 12 of John the Revelator's documentaries that he was shown when he was called up uh, to heaven. I want to pray according to Jeremiah 33, 3. So God promises that he will show you great and mighty secrets that you do not know. So if you haven't done so already, I encourage you today, according to Jeremiah 33, 3, call out to God. He will show you great and mighty secrets that you do not know. And go to Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Find and follow God's plan for salvation. You can find it in the book of Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Follow it so that you will join me at the second coming of Jesus Christ so that together you and every believer 
We will all transition from mortality to immortality. Please be with me again. We're going to continue our discussion and analysis of the book of Revelation in future live internet broadcasts. Until next time.